Little Heroes Comics is a UK-based charity that creates and distributes comic-making kits to children through hospitals and healthcare organisations across the UK, keeping them far from boredom and closer to creativity. Head to littleheroescomics.co.uk to find out how to donate and to help at this incredible charity today. One of the ways you can help them out and get some amazing all-age comics at the same time is by heading over to fairsparkbooks.co.uk. Nothing is more exciting than creating stories for kids and Fairspark Books bring you a whole host of them in different and exciting formats that are all aimed at encouraging imagination. You can find such titles as How to Make Comics with Springworth, Gallant Namos, Snuffy and Zoe, Megatomic Battle Rabbit, Leaf and so much more. Fairspark Books are partnered with Little Heroes Comics so a portion of the profits go towards their goal each year. Go to fairsparkbooks.co.uk and littleheroescomics.co.uk today to find out more. Little Heroes Comics. Bring a huge smile to comics creativity today. Welcome to That Comic Smell Podcast. With your host, Tom Stewart. With special guest, David Robertson. So, so you're the first one, mate. Yeah. I wouldn't have it any other way. Oh, that's nice. Um, I did write a bunch of stuff down. We can go through them if we want. Or we can just sit and... Just... Chit-chat. Whatever, eh? Better both. The three that I started off with are... How are you? Very well, thanks. I'm hearing better. (laughs) Uh, Who are you? (laughs) (laughs) I'm David Robertson. Uh, and I, I guess in this context, I, I'm Fred Ed Comics, I make comics, and I read comics. Ooh, you've kind of answered the third one just there. Have I, have I jumped to that? Yeah, because the third one is, what are you? <laughs> what am I? Yeah. <laughs> comics nut. Yeah. I see, this is a, a nice setup you've got here, though. It's quite relaxing. I know, I'm actually really considering just setting it up for the the meeting. Yeah. Just putting a couple of extra chairs here. It's quite chilled, isn't it? Well, I mean, we've got the loungers over there. Mm. Put one there and one there. Mm. I, mean, I think we've had this conversation before, but if you were going to interview somebody, I'm well, not interview, if you were going to have a chat with somebody, anybody. Right. Oh, living or living or dead, mm. who would it be? We have had the discussion have about we? this before. I think we spoke about comic people. Right. But just anyone. I, don't, I haven't thought about that specifically, interviewing one person one-on-one, but I, I do think about that, you know, where they say if you could have, like, a, a dinner... Yeah. invite a few people. Mm-hmm. I do think about that sometimes. And I, and I often think of, uh, well, Frank Zappa. Okay. Because I love him, you know, he's he's a hero of mine. Yep. And very... Actually, all his interviews on YouTube and all that nowadays, I mean, watch any one, he's quite... Entertaining guy, you know, and interesting. Yeah, Frank Zappa. 
and uh, Kurt Vonnegut. You know the the author of Slaughterhouse Five and oh, aye. Yeah, yeah. science fiction, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's really interesting as well and funny. I've never. I used to own Slaughterhouse Five, and I never ever read it. Right. Is it good? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like a lot of books, I like I like ideas in them, and I like them to be funny. Right. And I, and in fact, if if what he's talking about is horrific and it's funny, that's good, you know. <laughs> it's the it's the tragedy and the comedy. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he's very good at that. So the two of them. I often think of Chris Morris as well, you know, but I don't know. Maybe he's. I once read about him. Uh, now who knows if it, who knows if it's true? But there was a thing in the, in a magazine about him, and it was saying he would he would tell people they were eating veggie food, you know, but he couldn't resist just putting in, you know, <laughs> something know. meaty, you know, just. To, you know, it's like the the moral compass of I'm gonna I'm gonna mess with people's pomposity, you know, or whatever way you'd look at it, you know. But I'll, I mean, Chris Morris is obviously brilliant, but yeah, okay. Well, I'll give him an invite. Who knows? Who've we got? We've got frags up by Chris Morris, Kurt Vonnegut. Does he do a lot of interviews? No, you you usually the last one I saw. Remember he did. Um, <coughs> remember that film he did? Was it Four Lions? But the yeah no that was about five years ago or something yeah. like, probably more I only watched that recently oh right yeah yeah okay. scared the shit out of me did it yeah I didn't find it funny it really scared me okay see so there again to me it was funny and it was terrifying so it's yeah. the same thing again there's know. bits of it that were funny yeah but in other circumstances I was sitting going this is too too hijinks that this uh-huh. could actually probably happen. Yeah. I was sitting going, there's some fucking idiots out there yes. who are thinking this way. Well, when he was uh, pl- uh, plugging that film, doing interviews, that was his thing he kept saying, you know. He, he just thought, we're going about all these terrorists and all that, like they're masterminds, you know, and it's an evil organisation and all that. And it's like, I bet they're idiots. Because mm. he thought, like, everybody in every field is idiots. Yeah. So he went and researched into it. And, like, found they were total morons. <laughs> and the, the, the story he kept bringing up was one where... They, they had some load of ammunition or something and they were gonna they needed to smuggle it back in. So they had like their dinghy and they got there and they put it and it sunk. <laughs> and that was it. That was the end of that plan. <laughs> <laughs> so oh. Chris Morris. If I think of anybody else that can get invited along. You know, you talking it. Is talk- this like a dinner for five sort of situation? Yeah. I hadn't come up with that specific number, but did you did you ever watch that? Yeah, I've seen that. Yeah. That's yeah. They're all on YouTube. Yeah, that's where I watched them. Uh-huh. There's a great one of that with Peter Falk and uh, yes, there Vince is. Vaughan. Peter so Falk good. just lets them have it. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's like come on, Vince Vaughn, you might be a big shot, but didn't mess with Colombo, man. <laughs> <laughs> he was on a couple of times as well, Peter Falk, because yeah. Favreau loved him. Yeah, he is absolutely brilliant. adored him. Yeah, no wonder that show, that show, man, Colombo. No, Dinner oh, for Five. Colombo as well, my God. Oh, yeah. yeah. But Dinner for Five, mm-hmm. such a good concept. Mm. Put the cameras miles away. Mm. Set up, all set up, big lenses, mm-hmm. microphones uh, about the place, not actually on them and stuff like that, so that they're mm-hmm. able to just get as comfy as possible. Yeah. 
some of the chats that came out of that were brilliant. That was kind of your catalyst, your early sort of catalyst for podcasts, really, Could when you be, think yeah. about it. Like a load of chatting, yeah. 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 I didn't watch all of them, I just would look for ones where some, some of them somebody was on it I liked, you know. Yeah. What was it Peter Falk was saying to him, like you're a he was saying something like you're a hack or he just went, Yeah, or, or you're a you're a scene stealer or something or he just said, Oh yeah, you're just you know and, and that's what it was. Vince Vaughn was actually quite offended yeah. that he was saying this. And I thought, come on, you should listen. He's Peter Falk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's great, though. Mm. <clears throat> Never minced these words at all. No. Not in the slightest. Right, so. Who's got Cut Vaughn again? Yeah. Do, do I need to come up with five? Can Could I throw some. Well, okay, no. Force, if you want. Force me to do it. You were on a roll. Do you know what? Seeing as what you said. Comics. It would have been nice to meet Jack Kirby, you know, just to breathe the same air as him. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll throw him in, and also he's an interesting guy. When he gets going, he's also he'd be sitting with his pal Frank Zappa. Well, right enough. Aye, so that could have worked. Were they not neighbours? Oh, yeah, apparently they were. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which does that mean? Because there's a photo of them, two of them. I've got it on my computer. It, Does, went, it went online. If they were, if if we're right on that, and they were neighbours, yeah. does that mean that, unless he moved, does that mean that Billy Connolly, Frank Zappa, <laughs> and Jack Kirby all lived in the same street? <laughs> It'd be nice to think that, would it? I mean, I don't know if that was the right time frame, but um, well. Because one of the memories of Kirby was uh, was Dweezil Zappa was like, you know, Frank Zappa's son yeah. saying his memory was oh, oh, his dad bringing in Jack Kirby and he was like, he was always bringing in all these musicians and everything and he wasn't a bother and he went, hey, this is that guy that makes all those comics you're like, this is Jack Kirby and he was like, lost his mind, you know yeah. I don't wonder Okay, so Jack mm. Kirby, cut on it Um Frank Zappa. Uh, who else did you say? Oh, Chris Aubrey Morris. Plaza. Chris Morris and Aubrey Plaza. Fucking hell. Chris Morris and Aubrey Plaza sitting there. Well, well the, think of all those personalities. Aubrey Plaza could take on any of them. Mm-hmm. They could all take on each other. It would be. I would just be sitting there like taking it in. I mean, there'd be no room for me to say it in. Who the hell am I? <laughs> you know? Okay, there we go. That's my five then. Man, mm. that's a that's some hell of a dinner. Yeah. Do you think you'd get any words in? No, I don't think it would be a waste of time me speaking. Because I would just be taking up space, where one of them could have said something, you know. They're all pretty big talkers. Yeah. Yeah, they can all go for days. Well, same. I don't know about Kurt Vonnegut. Oh yeah. 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 He he said, uh, well, he his writing of his books slowed down later on. So every interview he was ever having, it was like, you're writing another book. And he was like, give me a break, I'm 78. You know, <laughs> this went on for years, you know. He says, I've written so much. <clears throat> and then there was one where he said, everything I've written is like in print. No, I'm quite lucky. Everything is in print. So, you know, I'm going to be like talking my head off long after I'm dead. Mm. Right. Well, we... Uh We'll see what some of these questions come up with. Yeah, go on then. 
I kind of know some of these with you, but nobody else does. So we're covering we're covering ground. Yeah, recovering ground. All right then. So, where did you grow up? Well, I grew up in Bundy, yeah. Um, Mid Craigie. Place called Mid Craigie, that's where I grew up. Mid. Mid. Yeah. Mid Craigie Primary. And, funnily enough, my my old house, my primary school, and my high school have all been knocked down. Huh. There's no history. There's no sign I was ever there, or anything was ever there. Um, so yeah, Dundee. It's funny, Dundee's kind of like that, isn't it? For oh. me it is, yeah. There's been quite a history of knocking everything down and paying people to make new stuff for decades in Dundee, yeah. Yep. Like, yeah, go way back. You obviously have got all those old train stations and everything that used to be here. Yeah. The fantastic old buildings that they just knocked down to mm. make money. Have you got any hobbies besides comics? Hobbies? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess I do. Yeah. I, co- I collect loads of shit, you know. <laughs> I've, got, I've got that obsessive compulsive collecting thing. So I've got loads of records, you know. Mm. Stamps. I've got stamp albums. So you do? Toys. What else? Books. Yeah, anything I like, I start accumulating them. In fact, it's, it's a funny thing that... Uh, some people don't like the term collector, you know, even if they are a collector. Do you know? Yeah, you know, I do. You know, and people have all got, like... I, I no, I'm not, you know, like, I'm not a Trekkie, you know. Yeah. No, I'm a Trekker. Well, this is important, you know, because it's making some kind of distinction. Mm. So, so some people don't like being a collector because they really do enjoy the thing. They don't just collect for the sake of it or whatever, you know. Yeah. So I, but then I'm quite okay with being a collector because to me, what a collector is, I bought a thing and I liked it. So I bought another one and I'm not throwing the both of them away now. No. I'm a collector now. In my head, that's what a collector is. Simple as that. So anything that I like, I tend to keep them. That's fair enough. It's funny, there is a distinction though between having something and like it is no the same as like if I read a comic, I want to, uh, you know, I want to have it as well. It's not just the same. Or if I like a record, okay, I've listened to it. <coughs> Fine. No, I want it. I want a copy of it. <laughs> now, so you have stepped into a kind of collector thing. I guess then it's absolute purist. You would buy the LP, you'd go, I like this, you'd play it, that was good, and then throw it in the bin. Yeah. So that way you're not a collector now. But I'm a collector all over the place. It's just know. a consumer. Yes, consumer, appreciator, whatever. No. But it, it does even stretch to like t shirt I've got old T-shirts that I like. Now, they didn't fit me since I was about 12. I've still got them. <laughs> <laughs> so that's a collector. I'm trying to think what other ridiculous things I collect. Coins, I've got a jar of coins, you know? Like old money. Just a jar? Aye. I mean, I've got, I've not, every so often I think I should get a folder or something and put them book. in. A coin book. You know, it's like with stamps, coins, most things. I'm not really a serious collector. You just have them. I just have them. 
I'm a bit more serious with other things, like, you know, my comics, or... You've sparked off something there, though. Why do you think people don't want to be collectors anymore? Well, people don't want to be anything that means they're not cool or something, don't they? Well, I'm making that up, obviously. But there is always no, been but that I, thing of... Yeah, you're right. Like, if you if you say, hey, what's your hobby? And I go, oh, I collect stamps. Right? Like, there's an immediate... Uh, <laughs> you know? Okay, that's good. You know, if you're feeling charitable, oh, that's that's good. I hope you like them. You know, and then run off to go back to the pub and get hammered, you know? So, collecting... Well, different people have different reasons. But, pe- but people like I know that I've talked to about this, it's that thing of, no, I appreciate them, you know. I don't just blindly collect anything. Because mm. I think it can take a hold of you. You know, with the comics, there was always that thing of, when when it became a thing of, you've got your comic, now will you get another copy? Mm-hmm. So that when you bought this and it's skyrocket, want to read, want to keep, want to, and, and I remember seeing that coming in and there was a decision to be made. And I thought, I don't want any more than one, yeah. you know, of the thing. Um, so that was, you make decisions for yourself. Do you think people don't want to be known as collectors in general? Is that what you mean? Yeah, nowadays. I mean, right. when I was younger... Physical media, etc. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. When I was younger, because everybody looked forward to being a collector of something. Right. Like, yeah. my pal was like, he... he the way he saw it, he collected games. Mm-hmm. He played them. Yeah. And he just never traded any in or anything. Well, trade-ins weren't really a big thing at that Video point. games. Yeah. Right. Um, yeah. No, but on the games. flip side, somebody else, board games, yeah. stuff like that. They had endless shelves of board games. Yeah, yeah. Mine did end up taking on DVDs, but it was VHS before that. Mm-hmm. But I blindly collected as well. Uh-huh. Kind of. Yeah. I would get to the point where I'd go, well, I'm going to watch this. Yes. So I best I best buy this now. Yeah. Or somebody's given like a big stack of them away, take whatever you want. I'd go, I'll take the whole pile. Yeah. I wouldn't just go, I'll take this one, this one, this one. I'd just go, I'll take the whole pile because you never know. Mm-hmm. And my uncle was giving yeah. away his my uncle was giving away his VHSs because mm-hmm. he was putting he was going doing everything on DVD now. Right. So he's giving away all his, his videos. He's like, right, that's it. get rid of them. Do you want any? Mm-hmm. I said, yeah, I'll take them. And he went, right, what ones? And I oh, said, no, I'll take them. Yeah, okay. There was absolute shite in there. Yeah. Stuff that I would never watch in a million years. Yes. I was very young as well, mm-hmm. and yet there were still 18s and stuff in there. <laughs> yeah. And I just went, I'll take them. Yeah. I mean, Robocop on oh, oh. video. Mm. But I never watched it. Oh. But you had it. I had it, yeah. You had it. That was the having it. You had it. And then people would say, oh man, you've got Robocop. I go, yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> Kudos. And it's that thing. Yeah. Do you want to watch it? No. <laughs> I don't but yeah. I do have it um, do you still have it? Uh, yeah I think I do actually it's yeah I do yeah on DVD but that's another thing actually, I'm not what's going on these, are these alphabetical? yeah are they? yeah they start A oh, right, okay yeah I and see. then they go I see what's happening but uh, I mean other hobbies I like music so you know, I like playing yeah. drums sometimes not you know just just jamming with pals, you know. Down at the, uh, down at the studios, though. You know, Studio Two Thousand. S Two K. S S Two K. Stage yeah. Two Thousand. 
so that's another thing. But you know, more and more, I I just don't want to do anything else other than getting more comics done. <laughs> it's a funny thing. I get that. So everything's like, will I do that or do more comics? Well, it's not even a question, you know. But that's cool. When was the last time you jammed with somebody? Last year, maybe. Yeah, really? last year now. Been ages. Should do that again, actually. Who do you jam with? Stuart. Did you ever meet Stuart? He plays the bass. Stuart. Yeah. Mm. Donna, she plays guitar. Used to used to be Stephen as well, but he moved town. So just kind of a fun thing, you know. Just mm. we never went into a pub or played or anything. No, no, we no. Just uh, just fun at the weekends, as we say. Yeah. Different sort of thrown together styles, or do you know, but, but we would kind of say like, what songs do you want to do? You know, and suggest songs. And then we all thought, yeah, let's have a go at that. We'd do it. The favourite one I did that I suggested and kind of we worked it out was um, Gabrielle's song. Oh, okay. Uh, Should I stay? Should I go? It was called. Great song, beautiful. I was not expecting that. <laughs> no, but it's so good, and it's um, the drum bit on it was really interesting to me. Right. Okay. And so, for me to play that the way I heard it, you know, was good. But what, what kind of music are you into? Are you into a specific genre, or are you just everything, just as long as you like it? Well, the thing is, that's what I always complain about slightly, isn't it? That mm-hmm. you say to people, what sort of music do you like? Oh, I listen to anything! Have you ever noticed that absolutely everybody in the entire world listens to absolutely anything? Yeah. <laughs> and you think, whoa! You know, and then they'll tell you, you know, and then it's like, you know, you know, I like Queen and Bon Jovi, you know. You're like, <laughs> oh boy, you know, that's like anything. That's like f- from all the way over here to all the way over there, you know? <laughs> So I, th- I think the intention is that you, you, certainly when I was younger, I mean, I was really into music, and your intention was that you would listen to anything. That was what I thought. You'll give anything a chance, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then I, I think as you go along, you do sort start noticing that you tend to like certain mm-hmm. things, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I, everything I'd like to tend to be coming up as prog rock. Mm. And uh, yeah, no, and, and I like a lot of like, jazz, but then jazz is huge as well. So like yeah, you know, bop, bebop stuff, and fusion, which kind of gets you towards prog rock again. You know. Yep. Uh, and then I liked a lot of the, you know, Frank Zappa, but then some people put him in prog rock. Yeah. So I could say prog rock, but then I liked like there. There was a point when I kind of left school that I was into. Duran uh, Duran, who were well past their sell-by date, had brought out an album that nobody bought, but I thought it was really good. Mm. They had the guitarist from Frank Zappa's band, oh. and I was like, "What? <laughs> Sorry." And it's I listened to it. And I thought, this is really good. Uh, so I was really into them. Uh, Level Forty Two, I'd always liked. They were kind of jazz funk mm-hmm. earlier on. Tears for Fears, mm-hmm. big pop. You know, Public Enemy was well into that. Love them. I see. <coughs> I 
think it's Public Enemy seem to be a one that everybody seems to be into from all right. fucking walks and everything. Like your hardcore hip hop people mm. love Public Enemy, right? But your hardcore rocker or somebody who's massively into classical for some odd reason will like Public Enemy as well. Mm. Is it the content or is, do you just think they make really good music for in me, general? Me personally, with Public Enemy, it was just, I'd never heard anything like it in my life. Right. And it was just absolutely uh, uncompromising, you know. It's, there's certain kinds of music that it's almost like the music doesn't give a shit if you're listening to it or no. You know, they, they are just doing this and they're off. And they're exploding buildings. They're smashing down the entire planet. And then, if you've noticed or not, that's of no concern. You know. Well, that's, that's yeah. And that covers a lot of things I like. Yeah. Um, and I mean, when when they put, uh, I still remember the first time I heard Public Enemy, and it was the wee bit on top of the pops they used to do, and it was like this week's breakers, and you used to get like a wee thirty second bit. At, the, the high entries in the charts yeah, this yeah, week yeah. and it was like at number 29 or something you know fight the power and it just came on yeah and it, I mean the, the world just stopped you know and the middle of all the Sonia and Kylie and Stockgate <laughs> and Waterman and all, whatever else was on the go that came on for like 30 seconds and I just thought that was amazing what what what, what was that yeah, you know I was standing there like hey and then there used to be a programme called Rapido well, Antoine de Con, and at night uh, they would have little five-minute bits about different groups. Right. And they had a wee five-minute bit about Public Enemy. And it was it was cut quite well. Yeah. And 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 they've got a lot of very bombastic bits, you know. So it just yeah, sort of do. came on, did it, did and it was like, and then it cut to an interview. And then it was onto someone else, and it was just sitting. <laughs> and I said, I got to get that album right now, you know. And I went out and bought it, you know. Uh. So that was it. I mean, they were like, but funnily enough, I would go and listen to other hip hop, and it wasn't really. It just wasn't catching you. To me, it wasn't the same. He's because good. then you would. I went to go to work and you'd be meet people and. What do you like? Public Enemy, you know. Oh yeah, have you ever listened to you know. NWA, eh? that was the at the time NWA, and uh, Ice T and all this, you know. Yeah. <clears throat> I thought, nah, it just wasn't a, didn't it grab me the same way. I think Chuck D's very distinctive. Yes, that voice. Yeah. I was listening to him on the way here, and it's just, he made me, he still makes me just laugh, because it's so in your fucking face, you know? Yeah. The, the, the one I was listening to there, he's, he's, he's doing it, you know, and then in the middle of rapping about it, he goes, who fucking laughed? What's up with that? You know, in the middle of it, he's like telling off the fucking listener for laughing, you know? <laughs> and it's brilliant. Who fucking laughed? Did you ever have a... <clears throat> did you ever have a time where you went off of music? Well, that's interesting that you say that. And the reason I say that is about five years ago, I didn't go off music. Well, I didn't go off listening to music, but I started to question... I remember actually speaking to Stuart about this yeah. uh, on a bus trip to somewhere or other. And I was saying, you know, I've been feeling the music lately. I look back on a on a lifetime spent following music and buying records and, and admiring this and reading about it and blah blah. And it's like, what, what have I got back? What did I get back? Yeah. I've, I've, I've put in a, a lot to this and 
it's almost a bit like music was taking the piss. You know, putting it colloquially, that's, I thought, that's, it's music taking the piss out of me. It was a wee wobble I had there. I kind of just probably got, that was probably me just getting a different perspective on music. Yeah. Know? Because as I, I probably came up feeling like music was important. Mm-hmm. And music uh, was important to your soul. Yep. And maybe important to the world somehow on that level. Yeah. You know, and it was, I mean, it's the kind of thing that you put it in the words, it's daft, you know. Yeah. But. In your head at the it, time. Yeah, and it was, I was quite invested in it, you know. Yeah. And if you're kind of interested in whatever art you're into and stuff as well, you do put importance on it, you mm-hmm. know. There, there was a sorry. There was a program a couple of years ago on the BBC, and it was something to do with like when vinyl ruled or something. Maybe you saw it. And there was a I wee, remember the title. There was a wee quote in it, and and the guy said, uh, you know, back in the day, that all the LPs and all that that you had collected, that was it was the the art collection of like the common man. You know? Yeah. And I thought, yeah, that's. That's true. That was your wee bit of art that you had created, and yeah, that's it. You know, so. But as for actually listening, I always like to listen to music. Yeah, I was just listening to a news thing yesterday, actually. But you know, Polar Bear, that group, mm-hmm. they've got a guy, Leaf Cutter John, and right. he does his own things, mm-hmm. and that's all more electronic, you know. Yeah. It's almost like you know Jean Michel Jarre and all that yeah. a wee bit. I mean, it's not really, but he's in that. He's it's all electronic noises and everything. And I was enjoying listening to that. Did you go and see a lot of live music yeah. as you were growing up? Well, yeah. Once I got into my teens and stuff later on. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. Was it mainly sort of prog rock? Well, I went. To, yeah, the first band I went to see was uh, a kind of a Yes spin-off band. Right. Um, because yes there's been so many of them in yes that by the time you got to the 80s the, the singer left and there was plenty of other guys to go and get and like they were in yes now so there was two separate bands so we went to see the separate band the new Anderson, Bruford, Waitman, Howe Edinburgh player and that was brilliant that's probably still my favourite gig ever just because suddenly they were there in front of you the sound, the music it was just amazing yeah, yeah, yeah. it was great and then, just, oh, I don't know, I've been to see loads of things. Yeah, Public Enemy, of course. Probably all, a lot Did of the you? bands. Oh, I went to see them twice. They were great. Oh, wow. They were actually, I went to see them in 92 when they were doing the Greatest Misses tour. I always remember they did Fight the Power. You know, it starts 1989. They came out about there and he went, 1992! And the whole audience was like wrong footed. I think he still does that. Like when he comes out now, it's 2019, you know. <laughs> Um, but that was great and then we saw them like 12 years later or something and um, they were even better was Flavor Flav still allowed in the Flavor country Flavor Flav was there yeah and now he, he I don't know what's up with him because he was on stage and I swear I saw him you know these big speakers on stage that are mm-hmm. like the height of a person he was on stage and he and he's jumping about and he ran and jumped from the floor and then he was standing <laughs> on top of that speaker and I thought did I really how could that have happened I'm still not sure I saw that or not, but I thought I did. No, because he's not exactly the most agile person in the world these days. Not 12 years no. later on from no. 1992 anyway. He's always very bendy. 
Yeah. I was probably so out of it, he probably threw himself around. I was going to say, no, what was probably high on. as a kite and just, yeah. woo! I remember he, he was like, yeah, blah, Chuck, yeah, and Chuck sort of, you know, he always had that clock on. Yep. And he sort of looked at it, you know, and it was like five hours out or something, you know, and he was like, yeah, you know what time it is, Flav, you know. And he was like, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah, you know what time it is, Flav. <laughs> uh, I've just never understood how those two worked. No, it's very uh, um, unique, isn't it? But they, they need the both of them. Yeah, it's oh, funny, you do. Because Chuck's are great, but I don't know, you need the two of them. If you don't have him fucking giving some yeah. overrated hype man shit at the side, then... Yeah, and talking about reading into it all and finding out about it all, it's quite interesting. Chuck D was like, he had the force director company and See. the other guys in the band they needed Flav and they were all like but he's an idiot you know <laughs> you know he's you know he's out of his tree yes you know I mean a lot of their PE thing is like don't be doing drugs and, and drinking and everything they're like hardcore don't fuck yourself up <laughs> and he just comes on wasted you know <laughs> getting done for drugs and that and yeah. Yeah, remember Chuck's like uh, well he's a grown man you know remember, <laughs> they used to say to him you know how come you've got him he's a grown man he's older than me he looks after himself, you know. <laughs> yeah. He's, uh... So that was, yeah. I, I think now, or, you know, you get a band and there's like a few songs they like. Yeah, I just don't have the... <laughs> you know, I'm not going to run out and buy their album, really. It's not going to happen. I, but then, the last band I did yeah. that with was Polar Bear. Mm. I've got like five of their albums or something. And I, I just like their stuff. Uh, basically, I'm an old fart. That's what we're talking about. I do, I do think there does come a time where it's like, okay, I don't need to. I've got enough. Yeah. There is a wee bit of that going on, and I think I'm, uh, I've, I've certainly felt it with comics as well. I've really? said to you, I'm I'm more of a, I'm wanting to be more of a creator now than a consumer. Yeah. yeah you know, especially yeah, yeah. when I go in my house, and you've seen it. You know, I've got five million comics. Yeah. You know, okay, I'm I'm only going to get five million in one if I want this one, you know, or if I've got a good reason to. Yeah. I used to be wanting to get any and all comic. I mean, actually, I do always say if it's a comic I'm interested, I'll yeah. have a look at it. But it's a lot less likely to enter my house now, you know. Actually, I did just see, though, that the last ever League of Extraordinary Gentlemen issues, I, I must get that ordered. You know, issue six of the new series, The Tempest. Yes. That's the last one. Is it? And that's it? Yeah. Well, that's what he said. Well, you know, I've been reading a lot of that because, of course, there it was online today. It was like, his last comic, blah, blah, and then he's finishing. And then, of course, you've got other comments and all the, you know, ah, you know, I thought he retired ages ago, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but whenever I've read it, he sat and went, I'm going to do this and then I'm going to do that and then I'm going to... Everything he's ever said, they've read for the last 15 years, he's went, I'll do that, this, then I'll do the last league, six issues, and then that'll be it. Yeah. Now, it just so happens, he took 12 years to do it, but that's that is it's sticking done. to the plan. Yeah. So it's been ever since. And of course, they keep leading. Alan Moore will retire. That's always, the, they've yeah. been having this headline in the, for, for, so I think people are reacting to the way they keep giving it to you, like yeah. it's the new... That's that's half the that's half the issue, isn't it? Is the the way it's presented to, mm. to folks. It's it's not what the person says. No, but it's he how just it's always, presented to you. Well, he's a prime example of being presented as a certain 
<clears throat> type of person, but you only have to watch him for like five or ten minutes and go, he actually seems really sound. Yeah, this is what <laughs> this, this is what infuriates me with him is that people always have this impression that he's a, a grumpy a, uh, yeah. old curmudgeon and yeah, he, you know. Wizard, uh, yeah, everybody that's worked with him has loved working with him. Yeah. Nobody said that. Nobody said that an actual genuine, like on the at the time when they've been working together, collaborating on something. Nobody said a genuine, actual fucking. This man's a fucking psychotic idiot, no, or he's a fucking I've, I've, idiot. I've, I've heard of people arguing. Yeah, but I've nothing. He's maybe a bit. He kept out of things, but what I, what I've read into that well I'd have to go into details would I and I can't remember half the details but, <laughs> but what I remember was a, f- a feeling of somebody going if he had just stepped in and said then that would have sorted it you know but then he had stuck to I'm, I'm writing this I've written it thank you you know mm-hmm. uh, it's kind of thing so that's what came across to me there but anyway I'm I'm, in, uh, I'm, I'm excited to read that you know especially with the, with the idea of the league being that you know, it's all fiction happened yeah. in the League yeah, of Extra. Yeah, yeah. Every fiction book you ever read happened in this universe. Yeah. And he's playing with it all. And so this is the end of, of this series. So it's almost like this is the end of, of all fiction, you know. So I'm, I'm I'm excited to read it to see if he sort of plays with that idea of... When it comes to Moore Everything well. ending, you know. You know, he's... The, 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 the constant reinforcement of this idea or well, him like you mentioned curmudgeonly yeah. ah, he's sitting in his house he's secluded himself he's he's miserable he's this he's that and you think you know that's all just fucking bullshit because the fact is what I'm interested in is the comics he's written <laughs> and that's what I'm interested in what every comic writer and I go that's fucking great yeah. and then I'll read another one and I go holy shit and then you've got all this other stuff and they're like that's not so good. That's pretty fucking boring. That's a fucking insult that I had to read that. You know, this one is actually just somebody fucking copying something yeah. he did 25 years ago. Oh. It's like all this crap that comes in that overtakes the story of who you think Alan Moore is. Yeah. And it's just because he wouldn't have fucking played ball. Yeah, yeah. With, with multi, you know, the corporations. Mm hmm. It really is. That's what. That's why this has been created. This story about him. It was like um, Alan said about him, about his story. Where uh, I think it was Watchmen or sort of V for Vendetta, one of the two. And it was DC kept phoning him up, or Warner Brothers kept phoning him up and saying, uh, "You know, can we do this, that, X, Y, and Z?" And he said, "No." And so they increased the money. Yeah. And he said, "No, no, no, I don't want it." And he said, "So they increased it again." Yeah. I think Alan said something like uh, what, they, what they couldn't get was that he he didn't want money he, right. he just wanted his idea retained and he wanted that kept the way it was yeah. and they just couldn't compute with them at all that somebody yeah. wouldn't accept money for it that's right and so he eventually just said look do what you want I don't want money just keep my fucking name off it yeah yeah which yeah fair play mm-hmm. you know what I mean if anybody else was put in that same circumstance and they really just didn't want the cash, you'd mm-hmm. be saying, just, like, don't include me. That's right. I don't care what you do with it. I it's did my total... part. Yeah. I did my part and my name's on that. Yeah. So leave me the fuck out of the rest. You know what I mean? It's the total befuddlement when the money keeps going up and then it <laughs> sort of dawns on them. Wait a minute. You mean, what? This guy doesn't want the money. And then it would be like the total at a loss after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, what, 
What do we do then? What does he want? Fucking hell. What does he want? Right. To be left the fuck alone. <laughs> one well, you know. Actually, he doesn't even want to be left alone. No, he no, still because he's still. You know, yeah. I think he still goes to conventions about yeah, does right, sign ins like. and things. Yeah. In fact, there's a thing. I went to a sign in when he did League of Gentlemen. <laughs> What was it called? Nineteen ten. It was. It was right. the one with the, the century. Mm-hmm. When the first one of that came out, he, he did a sign in. And what? I, this is what I remember, right? Okay, now it's all anecdotal, right? I'm just one guy. And we all know that Alan Moore is a miserable fuck. You know that has had it with everybody and hates everybody. Hates all comics as well, by the way. <laughs> hates it. Hates all the fans and hates everything. Now I'm just one guy here, but my anecdotal story is I went. And there was a big queue, and it was him and Kevin Neal signing, and uh, people, you know, you know what it's like. I remember I, I brought the new League of Gentlemen comic to get him signed, and I thought I'll be cheeky, and I, I brought another one, you know, I brought another Alan Moore comic, maybe get him to sign that as well, kind of. Yep. Right. So I was thinking, you know, hope we get away with this, you know. Of course, I got there, guys, carrier bags full. Oh, like, you know, all issues of Miracle Man from the 80s. The, the entire run of this, that, and the next thing, you know. And they're going up, boom, on the table to get these signs, you know. But the thing that, that I remember observing and making note of, the queue was there, it was taking ages, and there was a boy there. And he, he must have been like 10, 11, 12. I don't know. He was young. I'm not sure what age he was. But Alan Moore spotted there was a boy and he sat and talked to that boy. Hello, blah, blah, and what do you like, blah, blah. And he took fucking ages, and the queue was like, oh, this is, you know, they were like, they didn't even really notice, but it was like taking forever. Yeah. And I thought, yeah, but he knows that's a young lad. So yeah. he was giving him loads of attention, and speaking to him, and the boy was speaking away to him. And I thought, oh, I'm sorry, from the evidence in my eyes, his priorities in the right place there. Yeah. Know? Fuck a bunch of arseholes moaning because they're not getting their 50, pa- 50 comics signed, you know, one after the other. Yep. Yep. So there you go. Anecdotal evidence. That's good, that good though. Yeah. That's good. I don't like... I've never been a fan of folks that... Comic folks in particular. And we're going to so many more cons and stuff as well. I'm starting to see it more. I'm not a fan of the folks that just sit there and just blindly sign so they, they get a hand in the 50 and they just do it anyway and there's no conversation or anything really and they're just doing it and it because then they treat everybody the same way they go to each next person and go yeah thanks yep thank you very much yeah, yeah thanks thanks thank you very much you know and they're straight on with the next one they're just saying that there's no to there's no from there's no nothing there's just proof that's it <laughs> see you later they're just done yeah and um i guess I, it's personality isn't it? yeah as well i spotted it with the um I spotted it with a very well-known creator at Dunfermline. Right. I wouldn't say who it was. No. But I spotted it with a very well-known creator at Dunfermline. And I was bought... I there with you at that time? No, I was on my own at that point. And I, I bought... This guy is is looked up to by a lot of folks. Okay. He's got a very successful series. Uh-huh. Everybody seems to really like him. Right. But I thought he was a complete tosser. Ooh. Because of that. Because it was just, yeah, thank you very much, yeah, yeah. Right. And he wasn't exactly even stowed out either. Oh. And I got a very cold reception from him as well when mm. I went to say, eh, oh, I really like oh, said series, by the you way. You even gave him 
something. You you told them something. I said I uh, really oh. really like this series. Right. By the way, I've just got into it yeah. recently. Um, but I'm I'm catching up, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, really enjoying it so far. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah, thanks very much. Signed. It was the same pattern to every person, and it was just nothing. Just you know, and there was nobody else after me. And I'm not saying that as a right. whole thing of like he has to give me undivided attention, no. but just even an acknowledgement of like, oh, I'm glad you're enjoying it. Yeah, or yeah. something. Oh, you know, thanks. anything. Yeah. Actually, you've reminded. I had a very similar thing. Yeah, I had a I had a guy that went up to him. Um, and again, just I remember I had this. It was a comic he'd done years ago, and it was one that was kind of age appropriate that I would have read it when I was young. All right, okay. Right, so I'm not wanting. Yeah, you're not wanting to name names, right? Yep. Anyway, so I went up and and. You can if you want. Well, I don't want to. I just don't want to say my one because he's still. I don't want to say my one because what's the point? Yeah, People, that's true. Yeah, you, you know, I mean, it doesn't matter. Doesn't, you, yeah, yeah. You know, the world's full of assholes. So here's a story about one of them, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't give them credence. So I just kind of went up and... and I, I, see, I've a leap for... Yeah. Right, the only thing that happened was I went up and I went, there you go, and he was signing it. I went, thanks very much. I says, you know what, I was exactly the right age to, to read this and really enjoy it, you know, thanks very much. And maybe he just looked and it was like dead face. Oh... And so all you were left there was to think about what his issue was, but what I had said. Yeah. Right, so you could then walk away and make up a load of things that he had a problem with that. But then I don't know, and maybe he didn't, and maybe he just thought, I'm bursting for a piss, you know, yeah. I don't... Anything. So, you know, what you left with, well, you didn't have the fucking time to say, oh, I see, that's great, thanks, bye. Yeah. You know, that was... That. Yeah, there is that complex thing of like it could be anything going on. Yeah, but but it's funny. It kind of yeah. I guess it's the old thing of dinner meet your heroes, isn't it? It's like yeah, you know, it's like you can like someone, meet them, one thing they were in a bad mood, whatever, and that's it. It's coloured now. Yeah, the thing's coloured forever. Yep, but you know, well, I, st- I stopped reading. <laughs> I stopped reading that guy's stuff after that. Right. I just put me right off. I tried and then went, nah, forget it. I just couldn't continue. So I gave mm-hmm. away what I had. Um, do you know what? I'm going to ask you some emergency questions. Oh, great. <laughs> like uh, Richard. Yeah, do you know what? We'll, I'll, I'll give you some of them. Right. Um, you? Fruit or veg? Mm. Probably fruit, yeah. Well, you know, if I think of veg, right, I, I, do you know, I'm maybe quite lucky because I, I like broccoli. I'll actually eat broccoli, man, I love it. But just that's, and I, I believe that's a really good one for you. And most people don't like it. But I like Brussels sprouts and broccoli and, uh, yeah, corn. Corn on the corn. I'm listing veg now. Yeah, you are. You said uh, fruit, but you're listing veg. Well, I think I'm getting, I'm trying to pick a good veg. Because then I could, there's loads of fruit, you know. Yeah, grapes and everything, apple, you know. Pears, man. Pears, maybe pears are the best. But would you eat, like, oh, pears. mango, pineapple? Oh, yeah. Shit, yeah. Really? Mango, yeah. Pineapple. pineapple. Great. Light cheese, man. Oh, do you ever eat light cheese? Yeah, I think they're a bit chalky sometimes, but they are nice. They look like dragon fruit. <sighs> Somebody I know says, oh, man, they're eyeballs. I'm not eating them. 
Huh? They're eyeballs. They're like, they're, to them it's oh, an eyeball. Oh, have got the <laughs> thing on the inside. They look like it. Oh, I thought, oh, I didn't want that in my head, so I put that out my head. But yeah, okay, if I to choose, it's fruit, in it? Despite all the sugar, you know, which isn't good for you. Okay. Are you a veg guy, more? I would say so, yeah. Do you? Carrots, mm. peas. See, they're a chore to me. Carrots Ca- and peas. Carrots, peas, broccoli, cauliflower. Cauli- I love cauliflower um, cheese, man. Yeah. Sweet potatoes. Mm-hmm. Potatoes in general. Mm-hmm. Um, let me think. Onions, lettuce. Onions, are, I do love onions, but I, I do get the old heartburn with them. Tomatoes. See, I'm not a fan of tomatoes at all. I never used to like tomatoes, I do now. Hmm. Uh, I don't know where that came from. Peppers. <gasps> Peppers. Peppers are okay. I love a good yeah. I love a good chili. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. make myself hungry here. <laughs> yeah. Cucumber. I love a cucumber. I really like cucumber. A yeah. lot of people call cucumber just a big just water. Just water, yeah. It's a big sack of water, but yeah. you're not eating it right. It's crunchy water. You're not eating it right if you're. If but you're I don't see that as a negative. No, it's nice. Crunchy water. And also gherkins, man. It's yeah, pick, pickled, pickled cucumbers. Oh yeah, they're good. Yeah. Amazing. Love that. That's amazing. Pickled onions. Yeah. I, I don't. Eat them, I don't eat beetroot. Oh, I love beetroot. I don't do beetroot. <sighs> yeah. No, I can't do beetroot. This is a good conversation. We should stop comics and talk about. <laughs> talk about. Might do often, but do don't. <laughs> we do. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Biscuits, you know. Um, I do, and you know, I never used to like beetroot when I was a kid, but my sister always ate it. So he would get like a, say, a plate of macaroni and cheese, and she'd always have like beetroot, you know, pure purple, right at the side. The and fuck? I'd be like, I'm not eating that. But now we're like, oh, I love it, beetroot. Oh no, could do that. I used to like rhubarb when I was younger. Uh huh. Um, is rhubarb a fruit or a veg? It's a fruit, isn't it? Is it? Oh, did you go? Now that you say it. Okay, I've always assumed it was a fruit until this moment you've asked. I never go going. It's just the way, know. when I think about it, it's, it's the way, bitter, it, isn't it? It's the way it grows as well. <laughs> well, right, like directly out of the yeah, ground. It doesn't right. grow like on a tree or anything. Yeah. I don't know what that, what that means. Does I mean, that mean it's a veg, maybe? Hmm. It's it, it seems more like a root vegetable mm-hmm. than a fruit. It does, yeah. But it's sweet. Well, it is when you put sugar in it. <laughs> I mean, it's quite bitter, really, isn't it? Yeah, I used to just dunk it in, uh, dunk it straight in sugar and eat it. Wow, yeah. It was great. That's nice. how I ended up a fat kid. <laughs> mm. um, yeah, I don't... Celery's good. Oh, celery. You dip that in. See this dip? Actually, we've got all this dip and I've run out of chips. Yeah, I never... Uh, nice bit of celery would be... Fruit? I don't really have a lot of fruit. I love Do apples. you like pears? No, I don't. No, I used to. I don't anymore. Don't. Grapes. Grapes. Oh, I love grapes. Favorite. Love yeah. grapes. Grapes are easy. You just eat strawberries. Strawberries are amazing. Mm-hmm. Not raspberries. Yeah, blueberries. Yeah. I like blueberries. Yeah, okay. Don't like blackberries. No, not so much. <laughs> uh, dangleberries. Oh yeah. <laughs> No, they come under veg. <laughs> um, yeah, I didn't know. All right, well, look, you can have all the veg and I'll have all the fruit. Right, okay, it's a deal. It's a deal. I meant to ask you, I didn't even think. Apples are good. I didn't even think. 
What? Did you actually come with something specific today to speak about? Like a topic? No. No, I, good. I, I, I had the impression that wasn't a call for. No, that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's, up to your, it's up to your setup. I just I came along to see what your new format is like. It's just chatting. I'm your guinea pig. In a way, yeah. Yeah. It's just chatting. Yeah, it's, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool so far. Uh, digital or paper? Ah, well. It's paper, isn't it? <laughs> Although I'm, in, I'm experimenting all the time, as you know, with digital stuff. No. Um, yeah, because you've got new people that never touch paper. Mm. Yeah. Like Rebecca. Even reading. Yeah. yeah consuming as well. Yeah, people don't touch paper that way. Nah, I'm too old fashioned. I, I like things. I like concrete, you know, hard things. Yeah, because I could. I was going to say my next one I could put it to you. As I digit. was just reading an article today before you go to your next one. Oh, okay. And it was talking about. You know, like people bought movies and everything on iTunes and then yes. they're gone. And so you've paid for them and you can't get them anymore. And this is happening increasingly, eh? apparently, on different platforms. Oh, this isn't happening with music now they're, as well, is it? Well, they're talking about things like, film, like, like Iron Man film, Black Sabbath at the end. Mm-hmm. And so, like, they've got to keep paying Black Sabbath for this fucking yeah. Iron Man song forever, you know. And so they just had that was the example given in in this article, and it was talking about the way that well maybe that'll maybe stop them deciding to put music in films like that, you know, just because it's another barrier to having everything digital, online, easily accessible. They control all of it, blah blah blah. Anyway, it was kind of. It was kind of interesting. And it did make me think, yeah, I'm keeping my DVDs and all that, you know. Well, that's why I kept a lot of them. Yeah, exactly. Because you can watch them whenever. Yeah. And, you know, there's... Uh, what it did remind me of, in the 80s, there was a... There was a Star Wars cartoon, Droids. I don't know if you remember it. It was a spin-off thing. No. Anthony Daniels did 3PO voice and all that. All right, and, okay. and And it had Stuart Copeland, the police... Uh, you know, he so he does mm-hmm. a lot of music yeah, yeah. for things. He did all the music for it. I had a really great theme tune. Uh, and it came out on DVD about 10 years ago. And for whatever reason, all the music was different on it. So it was just bizarre because one of the, the things that you remember about this show is that theme tune. Yeah. So on it came, but that's not the music now. And you think, yeah, the, the world changed things, you know, if it's yeah. for whatever reason. And then that'll be... The version, like if you're on Netflix or whatever, or signed up for whatever, if you've not got the old DVD with that theme tune, yeah, that's, that's gone it. now. It's gone. So, I that. Yeah, I hadn't really thought about it until uh, I read that article. It's funny, Still Game was the first one we noticed that bit. That changed something. The whole theme song. Right. Like, the theme song to Still Game is that... Well, not on the... Netflix. Right. On Netflix, it's uh, something totally oh, different. Okay. And we were watching it going, so it's always been the theme tune. Right. And then it was one one of the episodes, I think it's like a Christmas special or something, you put it on and mm. it starts up. Yeah, and we went, and you go, hey, well, yeah we were like, wait, yeah. wait a minute. Um, but we watched it's a money thing. Or... Yeah, well, it's. I think it's the same on... I want to say it's the same on the DVD as well, actually. Mm. If you put on the DVD, it comes up with that. 
thing. Mm. It's really odd, but we were just like, what the fuck is this? All it's going to happen, the, the change things. And you yeah. Don't, and you don't notice. Or... Well, anyway. Yeah. And Debbie's saying that about the uh, Muppet Christmas Carol. Cutting whole oh, scenes Oh yeah, in. the whole bit. And then did you see Richard Hearn me- yes. mentioned that? He's like, that should be in it. And yeah. I thought, oh, Tom was on about this. Yeah. <laughs> him and, uh, it's funny you sent me that because it was him. Yeah. And then literally a week later I was listening to Brett Goldstein talking about you know, his films to be buried with. Mm. He's talking about Christmas films. And he said, blah, blah, blah. And there should be the scene where... Oh. So, and he just went straight into it. And I was like, oh, really? He's like, well, that should be in Yeah. Yeah. He's like, get it again, VHS version, because it's in that. Mm-hmm. And I went, fucking right. Actually, one film I've been uh, get to get on DVD was uh, Fritz Lang's Metropolis. Oh, yeah. The one that they did in the 80s, with all the rock music and everything on. And uh, it's got John Anderson on it, and Freddie Mercury, Queen and all this. Wow. Adam Ant. It's got loads of great stuff on it. But, of course, with time having gone by, and that that's now really seen as like, an aberration that, yeah, that yeah, version yeah. because it was anyway it was a, a ancient classic film they've discovered more of it there's more of it there and, so this is like this awful 80s version with, with fucking pop music stuck on it you right, know? Okay. now that's great but that's the one I grew up on yeah that's when I saw it on telly went oh here's Metropolis recorded it and watched it a million times and thought it was great and for so long I couldn't get that on DVD but I have just seen that it is out on DVD it's funny you mention so that. I'm gonna get it. It's funny you mention that because uh, they did that with recently with a, a quite recent film, Drive, oh, yeah. with Ryan Gosling. Right, yeah. Now that soundtrack is impeccable. Right. It's amazing. Mm-hmm. It's very unique to it. It was made with fuck Cliff Martinez. Right. Did uh, or Martinez, whatever way you pronounce it. But anyway. I've never seen that. But Neil Scott. Told me it was great. It's great, but it's overly violent as well. Yeah. Okay. It, it 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 seems like it's not going to be. Right. It's one of them where it's it's been fine for the whole film, and then all of a sudden, it just. But you can feel it coming. Mm. So I think here you're like, oh, but when it's done, it's graphic as fuck. Yeah. And I think it's because they don't they don't use effects. They do it as real mm-hmm. prosthetics and stuff. Right. So it's. But it's brutal in places, right. and you're like, fucking hell. Mm. Um, I saw that on my own in the cinema, and it was fucking beautiful. Oh. I remember sitting there being moved by this film. People hate it. People hate it because it's oh, there's, right. it's loads of loads of scenes of the two main characters looking at each other, and the music dictating the emotion, mm. kind of thing. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's loads of there's scenes at the window of them both just kind of catching a glimpse at each other and having a wee smile or whatever, and just sort of looking away. And it, the camera just sits focused on that mm. for a long extended period of time, but the music's coming up and down and doing things, and you're going, "This is fucking brilliant." But Zane Lowe, okay, radio DJ Zane Lowe, yes, put a new soundtrack to it and put it out on BBC. Yeah. And it was all pop hits. All bands. Right. I've never watched it because I literally <laughs> cannot fucking watch that. But the idea of it... I don't care if it's great. It's offensive. People have said, like, fans of the film, like, oh, it's still good, though. I don't care. 
the whole point of that yeah. film was the fact that the music was dictating the emotion and everything that was going in. Why would you then fucking change that? It just well. infuriates me. But mm-hmm. when you're saying that there, somebody out there, because it's released now, yeah, somebody out there has watched that They've version. They've already seen that version. And they're sitting going, oh, this is great. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. And then somebody said to them, but that's not the real version. The real version's this, and they went, oh, I don't care. Exactly. Yeah. That just that boggles my mind. And I'm sitting, you're explaining that Metropolis thing to me, mm-hmm. and and I'm going, oh, that sounds great. But I bet you at the time there was people going, what's the fucking need for this? Well, yeah, but also at the time they sold that one as being, you know, the way they always sell the latest version, especially of old things, as that this is the ultimate. They had found new bits, they'd put it in. Yeah, yeah, this yeah. was the ultimate version possible of the movie. Yeah. So that's how they sold it. Yeah, right. And I went, ah, okay. I see, they just they just sold the same low drivers. It's the, the same, same way they sold drive. the latest version that doesn't have the pop music. Now that's the restored to what it should have been version. Ultimate. With no Adamant. Really like, ultimate. Oh, fuck, put Adamant on it. I want Adamant. <laughs> it's a silent movie, man. In yeah. the case of that, that's a silent movie. So. Yeah, yeah. You can have just people doing far <laughs> through it. You know, that was to be as authentic as anything else. Uh, do you believe in ghosts? Well, I mean, rationally, no, I don't. And probably in any other way, I don't as well. But what I am a believer in is that there's things going on that there's room for stuff we don't know about going on. You know, I sort of believe in science, right? Mm-hmm. And science measures things, and there's there's people that are much more dedicated to this and and more clever than me, and you know dedicated to doing this all the time, so they know shit, you know. They're, I mean, I don't know how much research is going on into ghosts, but you know maybe somebody is. It will be, but you know, um, any of these things are in a certain category. Any of these unexplained things, mm. and it's the category of. Well, yeah, unexplained, you know, and then, and then you could deal with that whatever way you want. So some yeah. people will go, that's all shit. All of that shit, you know, Bigfoot, spaceships, whatever, you know, conspiracy theories, you know. Yeah. And and so it's all stuck in that box. I mean, I, I mean UFOs and all that, right? Mm-hmm. So, funnily, funnily enough, just very... This very afternoon, there was a programme on, and it was something like NASA's Unexplained Files, some shit like that. Yeah, one of them. One of these things. And so I was having my, I was just eating my dinner and watched it for 10 minutes. I thought, I'll watch this. So there it was, and then, so you start getting into it, right? And it's like these, uh, one of the first pilots in space and all that. And then they had the recording, and it was like, yes, come in, blah, blah. And you heard him, and he's like, oh, I've got a bogey at 10 o'clock, you know? And then they were like, say again you know was that and he was like yes I've got a bogey and then it cuts and it was like the NASA voice overriding it going four hours 20 minutes blah, blah. and they're explaining to you that as soon as that was said they cut to the other channel because anybody could have listened to this and blah blah so you're sitting going weird shit going on yeah know? and so I think there's room for loads of shit well just it's not even a no, that bit of it is not even a theory, right? There's fucking shit going down mm-hmm. that's n- that we don't know about. There's people above us running shit. 
and, <laughs> and they're making decisions that, have, that we're no fucking involved in. And yeah. that doesn't have to be anything to do with any mysteries or anything. That could be economic yeah. decisions or anything. Anything. Uh, so within that could be anything. Yeah. I, I, I did go through a period in my teens of being interested in specifically UFOs and stuff. And as a kid, I had these books, you know, mysteries, all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know. And so it was just was interesting. Yeah. Very interesting. Men in Black and all that before they made the films, you know, before they made, before they made films of it, yeah. the Men in Black was a thing that you would read about. Mm-hmm. These people were going about, and you'd read it and get spooked, you know. Yeah. Uh, but then I read so much on it, and then I thought, you know, this is never going to be solved because it's in that box called unexplained. Unexplained. There's, yeah. It's like, well, we need proof, which I agree with. Before I agree, believe in that altogether, we need proof. Yeah. So what's the proof? Well, we need photos, you know. Well, we've got photos, you know, but they're all fake, you know. And we need videos. Well, there's the videos. They're all fake, you know. We, we need we need rec- we need recordings of whatever mad shit going on. It, I mean, have you had like the the spooky recordings you get of like people had recorded aliens coming in and getting them? These fucking audio recordings of this shit. So you read it and the hairs go back up. You know, it scares you, you know. And you're like, well, what is that though, though? That's bollocks, right? It's got to be. All of this has got to be bollocks because it's got to be. Yeah. Yeah. What is the, what is the proof that means, you know, okay, but we all believe that now. It's an accepted fact now that there's uh, ghosts. I've I've never seen a ghost. No. I think people that do. I know people that have seen a ghost. <clears throat> and, you know, I'm not going to say, well, you never saw a ghost. Because they're not saying to me, uh, I saw. You know, if you do see a ghost, right? That's the name society puts on it. It's that mad shit that's in that mad box. Ghost is what's in that I, bullshit box. I don't think it's bullshit and I don't think it's mental. I think that person saw what they saw, right? Right. But my point behind it is that everything has an explanation. No, you still don't know what it is. I think it's just been a temporal fucking movement in their head. You know what it is. And they've just had a misfire. Right. And they've seen something or someone that they have a memory of somewhere within their head that they've passed at some point or done at some point and it's projected upon itself within their mind. So to them, in that very moment, they have seen something. They right. have seen somebody, they've seen a little boy crossing the road, they've yeah. seen some little girl standing in a corner or something like that. But I think that's them having a mental projection within their head. It's just mm-hmm. a it's just a misfire of the brain. Everybody's capable of it. I mean blackouts don't happen for no reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, people don't suddenly have strokes for no reason. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. all these things have some sort of explanation. People can hallucinate on a regular basis. Yes. I mean Mental I've, health. I've hallucinated. Yeah, well, I, I used to hallucinate regularly. Right. For the longest time, um, up until very recently, actually, I used to hallucinate through the night. Yeah. So if I woke up quite quickly, right. I would see people standing in front of me. Right. And I mean, standing, speaking, having a conversation, everything. Mm. But I knew they weren't real you because you give it two minutes mm-hmm. and a good old shake mm-hmm. and a, an actual focus after the fear has yeah. got up. Yeah. And it disappears. 
Yes. And it's not there. But to me, clear as day. You saw it. Right there. Yeah. And this is how I've come to the conclusion that everybody has their own wee thing. Just some people then like to rationalise it within themselves as that was a ghost. Because they can't explain it themselves. They can't come to the explanation. They don't believe that there has been some... The, 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 the brain can have a misfire like that. There's no possible way that can happen. Not what, in the slightest. What, a ghost no, being I, like a saying, dead person that's alive? No, I'm saying to them. I'm saying to them that having a misfire of the brain and seeing something projected in front of you, there's no possible way that can happen at all. Well, in, in my, from my experience, of person I know that saw a ghost, it was very much, yeah, I saw a ghost, and then the story was, woke up, and there was like a woman standing at the window looking out, and she thought, well, you know, that's, that must be a ghost. It was very much like I woke up, well, I seem to be seeing a ghost here, you know, having a look and going, hmm, right, well, there's not much I can do about it, you know. There was... There, to me, uh, and then she just disappeared by any chance. Well, no, she just thought. Well, she just stayed there. Well, so what else can you do? So she just eventually thought. Well, I'll go back to sleep. So the, to me, in a way, it's all about the burden of proof, isn't it? Uh-huh. Right. So, she wasn't making a big claim <clears throat> about. There's a ghost. I now believe that somebody used to live here and they died and they used to stand at that window and now they are there and I am seeing them. They have come back. It was none of that. She went, well, there's something that would come under that category of yeah. being a ghost that seems to be a shimmering figure and I'm lying here looking at it. I'm going like that. It's no going away. Right, well, I don't know. I'm, so it's almost like there's no explanation. It was more of a that looks like a ghost event. Mm. Whereas... But that was in a like, way you, in a way you also. In your example, it's like. She would have woke up and went, "Oh well, my eyes must be misfiring," you know. Uh-huh. She went, looked and went, "I'm seeing something," so I'll come. I'll come up with this explanation for it, which is my brain misfiring, and I'm seeing that. Okay, fine. But if it disappears, well, there was no disappearing. But, I mean, I mean like it couldn't it, have been there because it was a woman that just shouldn't have been there at that time of night, you know. But that's what I'm saying. If that person then oh, I see, but the but that person, the yeah, yeah, but that person woke it's, up, yeah. woke up and saw that. Yes. So they were already waking up from a dreamlike state where their yes. brain has been making yes. images through REM sleep or whatever yes. through through sleeping. It has been concocting images mm-hmm. from memories or yes. passing images or whatever. And that person has then woke up. They themselves feel they are awake. Right, yeah, sure. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they are. No, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that their brain's right there. But I think what I think what interests me about it, what about these things is that idea of the burden of proof. But which is which is crucial. I don't what, think anybody needs to prove I think it. it's crucial though. I think a lot of people just like but, to make the claim. Have you sit and go I saw a ghost, I saw Bigfoot and I saw Alien and I saw all of these things on Tuesday. <laughs> right? The burden on pr- of proof on me is to prove that to you. Mm-hmm. In a way that it isn't. If I say I saw a van and then a cat <laughs> climbed up a tree. Now, if you then went, no, you never saw a van. Where's the photo of the van? Well, I've not got a photo of the van. And then, and then so the next time you see the van, you take a photo there... Well, you faked that, you know. Obviously, you faked that. It's like it's it's the burden of proof 
which is the way it's got to be. I'm not campaigning against this. If you say I saw Bigfoot and you've not got a photo or a video or someone to prove it, I'm not believing you. Yeah, yeah. However, how are you ever going to believe or, or prove that you saw Bigfoot? You're no. No. It can't happen. No. It's, it's almost like... I mean, it's almost like God. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah. I believe in God and it's like, prove it. Where's the photo of God? Where's the video? Where is anything that shows at all that there is God? Yeah. Because I can see that there's no God whatsoever. Yeah. And yeah. you've got these two opposite ends. And they're never going to convince. No, no not in the slightest. Um, I, mean, I mean, they might, right? But the thing is, I don't know. There's certain things that you're just not going to get proof for it, ever. No. And I, find, I think that's the point, I think, about ghosts. So, okay. do I believe in ghosts? is to me a question where I go, well, I've never seen a ghost. I mean, I've seen books full of photos of ghosts. I saw a, I saw a, I saw a TV programme today with an astronaut saying, I can see a bogey at 10 o'clock. Mm-hmm. Now, does that mean I believe in bogeys at 10 o'clock and, and shuttles? Well, I'd probably have to say no. I don't believe in any of that. I think a big part of why I don't believe in any of that is that it's no a hell I'm willing to go. You know, that like I don't want to go and dedicate my life to proving this. And, you know, I don't want to be like, do you believe in ghosts? Yes! <laughs> why? Because you can't prove it. It's crazy. No. You know, people don't die and then come back and walk around, as far as I know. But then also, as far as I know, they do. And I've read a lot about it. Now, you have to go with all of that. Yeah, but that's all crap and they're all wrong. And here's a load of reasons why they're wrong. And there's very sensible reasons and explanations and misfirings in the brain and, and could have been asleep and blah, 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 blah. And you go, yep, that's all true. All of that's true. Uh, and and then the society we're in and the way everything seems to be, that's more believable mm-hmm. than, than, than any of that ghosts or anything. I mean, until I wake up and there's a ghost. I mean, if I go to bed the night, wake up and there's a ghost in my room. But if you were... Right, I have to... What I think is, I have to go, right, there's a ghost, and I, I'm slapping myself in the face, and it's sitting there as plain as you, and not only that, it's somebody I knew when they were alive, now they're dead, and they're saying blah, 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 and I'm going, mm-hmm, and I'm talking, he's answering, all this is happening, you know, I'm recording it, whatever, everything, I'm videoing it, the whole thing. I could wake up tomorrow, and I have to now live with the fact that that didn't happen, because that's, I didn't believe in that, and that's crazy. Even though I lived it, there's the video that's faked. You know, there's no way that that... No, I can't believe in that. Because it's no what the world seems to be. Mm. Am I making any sense? Yeah, I seem yeah. to be talking like I'm trying to convince that I do believe, but I don't know. It's just... No. It's in that... I can't believe. You can't believe that. because Do you know what it is? If you believe that, the entire world changes. The entire reality that we are all clinging on to changes irrevocably I used to think about the fact that imagine when they went to the moon if they'd got there and there was people there in the 60s <laughs> and I used, to, I used to think about that when I was a kid everything would have changed in 1969 yeah. we would now be walking about having the same life we're having knowing that there's a civilization on the moon yeah. and that would have just become a fact that we knew the moon people it would have been a war with them probably and they, well but just think I used to think about that the big shift that would have happened in our understanding of it wouldn't have been like do you believe in aliens and that 
<laughs> you yeah, I mean, they're there. <laughs> you know, the visit, the come and go, blah, blah. You know, there have been some conspiracy theories, eh, that did come true and now they're facts. There was like, did they not used to think that build platypuses were like fiction? Like, they used to no belief that there was the funny thing with the big duck. Th- uh, I think there have been things where it was like that was thought to not be real and then it did be real and then it was like well that's real but you know it would just be such a huge you're, pro- you're probably right but I can't it's probably I can't happened um, but anyway it's a, I'm interested in these mysteries and all that and that's probably why I'm going on about it I mean it's interesting isn't it yeah oh yeah it's yeah. interesting you're talking about I think it's the structure of society and reality yeah that's what's interesting to me I think it's interesting to see people dedicating themselves to stuff like that. Yeah. Experts, UFO experts. Having a belief on it and stuff like that. I think it's great. It's a bird on the roof. Ah. So, uh, yeah, they are reality. Uh, Well, I've got some quick fire ones. Go on then. Just Mm -hmm. to finish us off. Yeah. Uh, Well, since how you've come with sparkling today. Oh, yeah. Still are sparkling. Well, you know I'm thinking either, so I'll have to pick one. So I'll go. Uh, you don't have to. There's no hard fire rules. I thought I had to. Oh, there was trouble. I'm not the Daily Mail. <laughs> not make, making you pick one side or t'other. What about sparkling with food, but then still on its own? Oh no. Oh yeah. <laughs> I like sparkling water. Do you know, uh, no, do I, you know I, I did have to get my head around it at first because you're so used to that fizz. Mm. coming with flavour eight spoons of sugar you know yeah so first it almost seems bitter because it just tastes like water but I got used to it and now I actually like it now I'm like sitting watching 2001 with a nice <laughs> glass of sparkling water you <laughs> to kill me <laughs> uh, white or brown bread hmm do you know what? Fun, it sounds like a cheap, but I usually buy that 50 50 stuff. <laughs> I do. Yeah, so do we. Yeah. 50 yeah, 50. I, I like brown bread, but my missus likes white. Yeah, so 50 50. Okay. Uh, Favourite biscuit? Mm. There's loads of nice biscuits, eh? That's tough. Is that a pass on that one? No, I won't pass. I'll make myself say something. Or is that a refer to past episodes? Well, oh, that yeah, we've been through every. Do you know the first thing that's come to mind uh, is just a cream cracker with butter on it, which is unusual. That is unusual. Also, so, is that classic? But of course, that, I'm not sure. But I'm going to give you that answer. That's a cracker. Is that a biscuit? No. Well, that's what I'm saying. It's a cream cracker with butter. Well, on the same kind of vein, mm. jaff cake, cake or biscuit? Oh. You know, I'm, I'm embarrassed that I'm even spending time thinking about that question. <laughs> but it is a question that you've asked me. And didn't it recently win some favourite biscuit of the all time or something? And everybody so. was like, no. It's a fucking it's cake. Well, it's got cake in the, the name, which makes you think it's a cake. But there's loads of but things then, that have got that in it. Yeah. Like a baked Alaska. It's no Alaska, is it? No. <laughs> it's no baked. No. Um... I guess you'd use it like it's a biscuit because it's the shape of a biscuit. 
You can but then dunk. it's called a cake. You can dunk it. Do you know what? I'm picturing putting it in a bowl with a load of custard on it and a fucking candle stuck in it. And it's no happening as a cake. <laughs> I think it's maybe a biscuit. I'm going to ref- use it as a biscuit. Definitely. I'm going to give the answer. A Java cake is a biscuit. Even though that just sounds so wrong. Because it's not, is it? You're going to get hate mail. It's called cake. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's going to go, he's wrong. Yeah. We, we at the Jaffa Cake as a Cake contingent say that David Robertson know, is wrong. It's another one of those things where, like science, you know, it's like, let's get the experts on it. Yeah. I, I'm not the guy to decide whether, what is the definition of a cake? What is the definition of a biscuit? Which one of these two does a Jaffa Cake fall under? If you were to ask an American, if a, well, scot- a biscuit, if I mean, a scone was a biscuit or a cake, right? Well, they, they have biscuits with meat and everything, don't they? That's, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, some so. of their biscuits are they look like scones. Yeah. Um, last one. Mm. Caramel mm. or caramel. What, what does that mean? How like, do you pronounce it? Oh, caramel or caramel. Well, I, I pronounce it. Caramel. I say the A in the middle. There used to be a singer called Carmel in the eighties. So that's what Carmel is to me. Some people do pronounce it caramel. Yeah, do they? But yeah. is that not just because they're saying it in a hurry? It's I don't not... know. I still say caramel. Caramel. Yeah, I suppose caramel. Can I get a? Can caramel. I get a, ga- a caramel. Gal- say caramel, please? See, it's so caramel. Caramel, caramel, caramel. It's like, mm, there's no a lot of difference. But there is a difference. Mm-hmm. Like, people arguing about how to say Denzel Washington, you know. Mm-hmm. You hear them going, Denzel, 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 <laughs> Denzel. And yeah, it's, it's a fraction of a yeah. difference. Denzel. Denzel. Because it used to be Denzel. Denzel. Only Denzel. fools and horses. Whereas yeah. Denzel Washington was never Denzel. <laughs> I don't know what he's still calling or Denzel. Or he? What's the difference? Denzel. Denzel. Hmm. Well, thanks for being the first one, mate. Well, thank you. That was good of you. Well, will I make a question for you? <sighs> oh, if you want. Seems as I'm the guinea pig. Yeah, go for it. Do you know, I just said that and I didn't have anything in mind, so now I need to ask. Can you wait while I think of something? Yeah, of course I can. Uh, okay, here's one, right? It's really basic. <laughs> Okay. And it's hopefully open enough that you can just riff on it. Mm. Why Why should anybody read comics? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> uh. Right, I... I find it very difficult to answer questions of why should anybody do this or why should anybody do that Mm. purely on the basis that I don't think anybody should do anything. People should want to do something. Um, There seems to be an awful lot of things of like the films you should watch before you die. This you should do before... like As if like there's some sort of onus of like if you don't do this you're failing. You know, if you don't if you right. don't listen to this, you're failing. If you don't watch that, you're failing. You should do that. Mm-hmm. If you don't, well, that that means you haven't. So that that means that means that you you in part are one of those people now that hasn't done this thing. 
that we have said you should do. Mm-hmm. So when people say, like, like when you're saying uh, why should people read comics, I'll come at it from where I'll come at it more from where like uh, why more like why I read com- comics. Mm-hmm. To be fair. Well, why I do now? Um, for the longest time, it was literally just because the images within the pages were such an accessible thing to me. Not so much the writing. I found it very difficult to read for a very long time. Couldn't keep my concentration on it long enough. Um like the words just started to kind of jumble into one and then it just kind of lost interest but the visual aspect of it kept me hooked so much so that I then found myself getting more interested in what the speech bubbles and the captions and everything were saying this is young young age yeah sure um, and from that sort of point as well I'm I'm, I'm very sort of visually minded and artistically minded so if something's very eye-catching visually then you've got me hook, line and sinker I think I think once I've as I've got older and come more around to the words that are put on the pages and, and some of the stuff that they can come away with even put it this way, even a narrative that somebody can tell through a story, not even with words just on a on a visual basis alone. What you can do with a, a comic overall um is endless. Absolutely endless. I think that there is no limit to what can be done within the pages of a comic book and I find that fascinating. I never thought of that before until I started delving more and more into just kind of anything like not even not even a case of I was about to say small press but it's not not even just small press just just anything just just opening your mind up to the possibility of discovering anything that's out there any sort of comic medium any uh, any comic book in general um, I'm kind of losing my point here a wee bit but I, th- I, th- I would say that the visual aspect of a comic book is so accessible that anybody of any language, any age, can access a comic book. Okay, some of them maybe not material-wise, but the actual medium of it in general. A comic is so accessible that I think it almost subconsciously educates someone to appreciate either words or <coughs> art in general. That's what I get from it anyway. Mm-hmm. So I think people should read comics. Should. Hmm. People should read comics if they want to experience a whole host of artful emotion. That's where I come from, it, mm-hmm. personally. 
I when I read comics, I look for something to either move me or make me laugh or to really even make me angry like anything if it gets some sort of emotional response I'm looking for something to get some sort of emotional response even if it's just mm-hmm. my god I'm having fun whilst reading this or god this looks beautiful or something just some, some something some sort of emotional response if I don't get that emotional response nothing mm-hmm. it's failed it's completely failed there's just no point in it whatsoever not necessarily in general just it's failed for me you know mm-hmm. so I think if people want to have that more artful look upon books and they've not been able to concentrate with books or they feel that they're maybe not getting what they want out of film and they want something to maybe concentrate on a wee bit more or something like that I think comics have have so much more to offer on that, on that level I think they can keep somebody hooked on a picture for long enough especially with even, even with some of the most simple stuff um I'm kind of I'm convoluting my answer here, but yeah. At the end of the day, I think if if somebody wants to have a a genuine emotional response from a a work of art, collaborative or otherwise, mm-hmm. then I think that's why they should read comics. I think it's it's important what you say about uh, an emotional response of some kind, because mm-hmm. that's something I think is. Well, I value it a lot. Uh, uh, you've heard me say before probably you know you read the comic it makes you feel something mm-hmm. and the reason I say that is you know a lot of them don't Yeah. and you can maybe like them for some reasons mm-hmm. you know you like the drawing a lot you like mm-hmm. this you appreciate that blah 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 but when you get a comic that makes you feel something that's that's great that's yeah. like that's art there's, some, there's something that I was wondering about your answer there the when you said it's uh, limitless in a comic, mm-hmm. I'm one. Do you mean in terms of either? Uh, I'd probably say more content than anything else. Uh, content, yeah. I was yeah. thinking content, or I was wondering about. But then again, the possibilities of. Uh, I I sometimes wonder if there's some kinds of storytelling that you'd struggle to do in a comic, you know, and then I think, well maybe and if that's so I maybe just wouldn't go there naturally you know yeah there's always ways around things yeah Um. there's always ways around things there's always things that you can do but it's whether you want to sacrifice the rest of the work to achieve just one little bit within a mm. book or something like yeah, that I mean you can always put God, if you have, if you've got the time and you've got the know-how and everything, you can put motion bits within it. You can do mm-hmm. fucking pop-out bits, like anything. You, it, yeah. it is limitless because it is literally just creating something. Yeah. And at the end of the day, creation is limitless in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we've got uh, boundaries of what we consider something to be. So if it goes and does that, is it still a comic? Yeah. Uh, but then. So you're struggling with that as well. And people struggle with that as well because they don't. They sometimes don't see comics as, uh, like you, like you get your your books that are literally like we were discussing, like your your whole page, each page is a is a single piece of art or whatever. Uh-huh. You were saying there's a lot more people doing comics like that where it's just it's one big page as like, opposed like to panels, one, like one image, yeah, yeah, one yeah, image, yeah, yeah. 
people really struggle with that and a lot of people have started to go to the point of well that's not comics mm. those comics are panels and blah blah not necessarily yeah I mean that's how more traditional mm-hmm. ways might be seen but then if you go even further back into into comics on a whole you look at um, uh, what's um, Eisner's mm. oh god what's it called what, the contract with God? Or? No, he had a, a whole series on comic creation, didn't he? Well, yeah, the, his books like uh, comics and sequential art. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and like the history and everything. There's the, the, also the comic book history of comics and stuff mm-hmm. like that and understanding comics. I mean, they all tell you about comics that have been done for, for years that have got no discernible signs to what we would consider comics now you know and yet that's where it all derived from and and yet people still struggle with well, that's not a comic at the end of the day well I guess it's a separate thing getting caught upon how you're classifying things isn't it you don't want to worry about that too much yeah if you're if if you're thinking about what's possible in a comic mm-hmm. I think you should start off thinking yeah try anything and then it was interesting you saying you can put one thing in to make a certain point in a bigger work because there's also that question of should you do that you know to, is it fitting the tone of the whole thing you yeah know? Uh, which is which is interesting as well yeah okay well thanks good answer cheers <laughs> it took a wee while to get around to it but I was trying to get my brain around to where I was coming from it but yeah. yeah, I do. I do think content-wise, I, I just agree with that absolutely. You could just do a comic about anything, you know, at all. Yeah, yeah. Content-wise, it's content-wise. Yeah. There's there's absolutely no limit. I mean, now that I've read things like um, something that's that's really stayed with me actually, really affected me, um, was. Uh, the Intercostal uh, by um, Gareth Hawkins. It's like contemporary stuff. It's, uh, that's the one that was all the black swirls mm-hmm. and images and everything, where oh, he basically yeah. takes old panels yes. and images and then just breaks them down. and the abstract. Yeah, yeah, abstract comics, mm-hmm. yeah. That's stuck with me mm-hmm. after seeing that. No, that's What is it that stuck with you? Images or...? Just all of it on a whole, really, yeah. because I never thought stuff like that could be possible mm. to invoke something like that. Good, yeah. The way it was and the way it's presented, because it is still presented in a in a mm-hmm. sort of comic format with panels and everything, but yeah. it's not at the same point. I mean, it breaks out of them out here, there, and everywhere. And Do you think there's a narrative in that comic? I feel all? there is, yeah. but I feel it just that just relies on emotion within itself. Hmm. I mean, some of the words don't really match up. That's interesting. Like, it doesn't spell out a narrative within itself. It doesn't. Hmm. It doesn't tell you a story really per se. The images certainly don't tell you a story. They're just they're there to look hmm. like a, a beautiful piece of art, you know. Um, yeah. But I feel the emotion you get from it and the kind of journey that you go on emotionally throughout it, hmm. um, certainly dictates that being a, a sort of linear 
path, but only emotionally. Is it a bit like music, what we're saying about music? No? Yeah, I would guess. Yeah. Of, oh, I mean, I'm not trying to be clever or anything, but no, it's no. Like, like it's affected you and you're feeling something, but you don't. It's not about a story, it's... It's done something. I always it's think with music, something. music's done something to you. Yeah. And you don't even know what it is. Yeah. But you love it. Yeah. You don't like it. You think it's great. What is it? You don't know. And I often think that with films, you know, I can love a whole bunch of films and I'll go, well, I love that one because of this. Mm-hmm. And I'll nail it all down. And then it gets, I love that and I don't know why. So it's when you go, I really love that, but I don't know what happened. You know, I'll not bring up 2001 again because you know already, <laughs> right? I don't know what happened with that movie, you know. But there's a another silly example. I don't know if you've been watching Year of the Rabbit no. with Matt Berry. No. And it's full of clever, funny lines and stuff. And, and it's it's well done, kind of Victorian crime. Oh, that thing, yeah, thing. yeah. And then there's a bit, though, and I don't know if it's the time, in. I maybe need to watch it again to know what happened, but there's a bit, a dramatic bit in it, but, and then some guy comes up and says, yeah, blah, 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 and Matt, Matt, Matt Berry, he just says, shut up, you old bastard. Right? <laughs> and just, it killed me. It just, it actually says to my wife, you know, the funniest, because the series finished, and I went, you know, the funniest, there was loads of funny lines and clever, great funny stuff in that, but the one that got me the most was him saying, Shut up, you old bastard. <laughs> and the way he talks, you, know, you, could, you could make up, but I, there's something about that, and I don't know what happened. Yeah. You know? And uh, I think with music, and then I'm thinking about your, the, the abstract comic, you know. I mean, yeah, it sticks with you, but you don't know why. Don't know why. It's funny. There's no it? idea why. I think I about it quite a lot. The, um, the abstract thing isn't something I've... I think I'm too wedded to narrative in a way in my comics, you know. And what I've done lately, I did did one, sorry to talk about me again, but the example I'm thinking of is I did a four-page comic recently and every page is like a different time, a different set of characters. It's all completely different, but there's a story runs through it. And so you can go... Oh, that's uh, that's oh, that must be what they were, what that was there, you know, yeah. kind of, that kind of thing. It's up to you to draw threads. It's like four separate things, right? And then you can read it and dip the thread or not, right? And and then that's up to you. And I've done that before with another one. There was six pages, but even with that, that I can feel myself stretching the narrative form kind of mm. thing in it, but I'm. Uh, I'm I'm not go uh, I'm too I'm still wedded to the narrative form if I'm doing that I'm yeah. still playing with it you know I'm not chopping it all up mm. and then throwing it back out and to get a evoke a, maybe maybe that's down the line <laughs> who knows yeah you can do anything eh? as you you, can't, you really can yeah it's brilliant it's unbelievable yeah it's mm. up to you you're in charge of it you do whatever the hell you like it's brilliant I just I just find it fascinating yeah. I find that utterly fascinating. That's why I choose to. That's why I choose to really chase it so much. Oh yeah. Because you, well, it's be much of the same yourself. At the end of the day, you could just leave this. Oh yeah. You could just leave comics on a hole and be like, "Fuck uh-huh. it, I don't care about yeah, it." Yeah, sell a lot of them and never yeah, read anymore. Like, Fuck it, do don't care. Nothing. But you go after it because 
yeah. in your mind, yeah. the possibilities are limitless. They're endless. Yeah. And there's no end to this. There's, you know, you're not suddenly going to pick up a book one day. You're going to pick up a, a comic and go, "Oh well, that's that's it now. I'm done. Mm. That was that's the last one I will ever oh. read." Because that was that was so good that nothing will ever compare to this ever again. No, you'll just you'll no. you'll, you'll read the next thing. Yeah. Because you'll be like, that was fucking amazing. I can't wait to read something that comes close to that again. And there's always stuff that is so built with in it, and you would have even yeah thought about. I mean, even You've since never done being surprised in a funny way. Even since we started doing all of this, mm. and we started getting books sent to us and everything. Yeah. I mean, got that opened up a whole new world for. Mm. Absolutely. I think for all of us, really. Yeah, I've read, I've read things that I would have never read. Yeah. Good things. I think Nando got a bloody shock when he got some of the Avery Hill stuff through. Mm-hmm. He was like, we'd never thought about it. Mm. Yeah. Um, fuck it. We went to what, a couple of cons and I've ended up discovering a whole small press. Mm-hmm. Uh, cornucopia. <laughs> You know, I I got a, a message uh, from from Neil this week, and he, mm. and he'd read something, and it's and the article had ended off, and it was somebody saying something like, you know, comics are everything, you know, comics are everything. That's the point. Comics are everything, and he said, I read this, and the last uh, the last bit reminded me of you, <laughs> so he sent it, you know, and I thought, yeah, it's kind of true, you know, mm-hmm. it's like you know. Wife, uh, kids, family, you know, comics. It's true. You know, it's like, what's your life, you know? Yeah. To me, that's my answer. Mm-hmm. Mm, good. I love it. Yeah. That's why you're dedicated. It's nothing to do with fucking any of that shit. All that shit is just something to add on to it. Yeah. You, you, you know, you make the comics. And it's true that, you know... When you're reading the comics, you're also... I mean, I'm not telling you anything. You're involved in doing it, you know? That's something Kurt Vonnegut was very good on, to get back to him. He was he, he talks often about reading as being like... You're active. It's like if you read a book, it's like you've gone to the concert hall and you've walked in and they've went, here's your tuba, get up on stage and go. <laughs> and I thought... I always thought, you know, that's that's a great point because yeah. what what is a book? What is a comic? It's a load of symbols, you know, yeah. and you've got to engage with it now and yeah. make something of it. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah. Great. Yeah, there's no there's no end to that if nobody reads it. Exactly. Brilliant. Yeah. Beautiful. Amazing. Comics forever. <laughs> you know, I'm I'm hoping uh, starting something. Send us any comments or questions or just to say hello. You can reach us by email at thatcomicsmell at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter and Instagram at thatcomicsmell. Share the podcast with your friends and followers. We are on SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube and most other places you find podcasts. And don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Thanks for listening. Our music is by Chart Smasher and this track is Dial Up. You can find Chart Smasher on Twitter at Joan Edam. 
and you can buy the tracks on Bandcamp.